Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, in this session, we're going to begin a new chapter, chapter 12 of the book of Romans. The first 11 chapters dealt with a foundation uh, of doctrine. And uh, then when we get into chapter 12 through the, uh, through the rest of the book of Romans, uh, the Apostle Paul will be dealing with uh, practical Christian living. Uh, you know, you need a good foundation to start out with of what you believe, and uh, then you need to practice what you believe by behaving right. Uh, true uh, belief will always be um, uh, acted out in our behavior. So that's what Paul is driving at here in chapter 12, is he's wanting to help the uh, church at Rome in particular uh, because that's who he was writing to, but all Christians of all time in general. Uh, so these are uh, these things that he mentions, uh, practical Christian living uh, is good for us today as well. And uh, so he gets into it uh, in verse 1, chapter 12, by saying, I beseech you, or beg you, therefore, brethren. He's talking to, again, the uh, believers at Rome, in the church at Rome. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove uh, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, what all is Paul saying here? Well, he begins by telling these believers, these Christians, that by the mercies of God, he means God's been merciful to you, now you be merciful to to uh, other people, not only Christians, but non-Christians as well. And he says, uh, you need to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now he says the way that you live the Christian life is, first of all, present your body to God a living sacrifice. Now in the Old Testament, they presented bodies of animals and slew the animal, and then they would present the blood uh, the priest would uh, on the altar, but uh, we're not living under the law. Uh, we're living under grace. So we don't present animals. Animal sacrifices ceased uh, in AD 70 when uh, Jerusalem was overthrown by the Romans, by Titus the Roman, and the uh, temple was torn down and uh, the priesthood ended and has not uh, started back up as of today. Uh, but um, in the future, they, they will, because there will be a temple built, according to the Bible, uh, that will be built in the tribulation period. And, uh, but notice he says that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. All of those sacrifices uh, that were offered in the Old Testament under the law were all dead sacrifices, dead animals. 
But he says, no, now then, you're in a new dispensation. You are um, under a new covenant of grace. So therefore, you present your body. He's talking about the physical body of the believer. And it's to be holy and acceptable unto God. You don't want to present God an unholy body. Uh, You want to present God something that he will accept. Uh, And uh, so therefore, we ought to be aware that God does want our bodies. It says our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which means God the Holy Spirit lives inside every believer's body. Therefore, it's only um, reasonable, and that's why he says what your, is your reasonable service. It's only reasonable that we present God our, our bodies that belong to him. Uh, the Bible says that you're not your own. You're bought with a price. That includes our body, soul, and spirit. You know, we talk a lot about our spirit and how we ought to serve God in the spirit. Well, we also ought to serve God in our bodies. God is interested in our bodies. And uh, we, do, we do not present our bodies wholly in order to gain salvation. We present our bodies as holy and acceptable, acceptable to God because we are saved. All right, uh, it's just a reasonable thing to do. Body belongs to God, let God use it. All right, give him, a, give him a good body. You say, well, my body's not in very good shape. Well, give him whatever you have. <laughs> Whether your body is uh, thin or, or heavy or, or whatever, tall, short, doesn't matter. Uh, just say, God, here, it belongs to you, and uh, that's your reasonable service. And then he says here, uh, something you should not do. Uh, don't be conformed. Be not conformed uh, to this world. You know what? You know you you form something. You put it in a certain form. You take clay and form something. Well, he says, don't let your body be conformed to this world. He's talking about the world system. Uh, you know uh, the. Uh, uh, the world in regards to the morality of the world, or we might say the immorality of the world system. The world system uh, is dominated by Satan, who is the god of this world. And he says, don't conform. You know, you, you don't conform to what the world does. You conform to what God wants and what God wants you to do. So be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word transformed uh, means uh, uh, to, to be completely changed. Uh, the word metamorphosis uh, describes the thinking here. You ought to go through a spiritual metamorphosis, and you do this by renewing your mind. He says, be not conformed to this world, uh, but be transformed. And uh, the Greek word I understand for transformed is the same Greek word when Jesus was transfigured um, in uh, Matthew chapter 17. So we ought to have a, you know, we've been transfigured in our spirit and in our soul. Now then our, our minds, the mind is not speaking of the brain. The brain is just a part of your body, like your hand, your foot. The mind is the inner man. All right? It's the inner being of man. It's the spirit and soul of man. Here's what he says. Renew that by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if you want to do the will of God, you've got to have a transformed mind. You've got to have a renewed mind. And it needs to be done every day. Excuse me. Now, the question is, how in the world do you... Do you renew your mind? How is that done? 
Well, uh, you do it by reading God's Word, because when you read God's Word, you'll have your spirit and soul and mind renewed. Uh, it'll, it'll be uh, made like new, renovated, so to speak. And that ought to be done every day. Uh, you see, uh, if you have the right kind of mind, the body will go along. So you've got to have your mind renewed uh, in regards to spiritual things. And uh, if you do that, then, you know, like I said, your body will be presented to God as it should be. And then you'll prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. You cannot do the will of God with a mind that is on earthly things, that's on things of this world. Sure, we live in this world, and sure, we think about events and things that happen in the world. Nothing wrong with that to a, to a, to a certain degree. Uh, our minds ought to not be totally occupied with things of this world. Our minds need to be occupied with God because the body belongs to God. The inner man belongs to God. Don't you think we ought to think on godly things? The Bible teaches that. Set your affection on things above, not on things of this earth. And that setting our affection is our mind. And so our minds can be renewed through the Word of God, renewed by prayer. Our minds can be renewed by attending services and fellowshipping with God's saints. All these things have to do with transforming our minds. The Holy Spirit does the transforming. But we've got to expose our minds to the things of God if we want a transformed mind. Verse 3, For I say, though through the grace given unto me, this is Paul speaking, to every man that is among you, speaking specifically to believers, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. <laughs> you think some people have that problem? Well, in our, in our modern thinking today, you know, you're supposed to have a good self-image and love yourself, and, and it's all about self and me. Well, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says you ought not to think of, we ought not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. You know, a lot of people have a high opinion of themselves. They have too high opinion of themselves, and they look down at everybody else like, you know, you're not as spiritual as I am. You don't do what I do. You don't eat what I eat. You don't go where I go. And so they become very judgmental, and they think too high of themselves. And Paul says, don't do that. People don't like people who think highly of themselves. Uh, let's read it again. Verse 3, I say, through the grace that is given to me, God's unmerited favor, to every man that is among you, you believers, not to think, him, uh, think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. In other words, God has given you the measure of faith you have, uh, whether it be a lot of faith or a little faith. Uh, don't think you're a big shot. Don't think you're better than anybody else. Uh, this also has to do with uh, with hierarchy within the church, where some are put up here on a pedestal, you know, uh, the clergy and the laity. No, we're all sinners saved by grace. Uh, the priesthood of the believer uh, is what the Bible teaches. They're not priests up here, and, and uh, the preacher's up here, and the pastor's up here, and the people are down here. No, we're all sinners by saved by the grace of God. And therefore, we should demonstrate that in our lives. There ought not to be a hierarchy of different levels of, of Christianity in the church. 
um, he goes on to say, uh, as we have many members in one body, we have our feet, fingers, toes, whatever, and all members have not the same office. The eye doesn't do the same thing the ear does. The ear hears, the eye sees, the hand you know, works. Uh, they all have different uh, responsibilities, uh, different actions. Uh, he says, so we, he uses the human body as an example of the different things the human body does. So we being many are one body in Christ, just like the fingers, the toes, all parts of our body, but it's all one, one entity. It's all one body. And he says, so we, the church, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. We're all interrelated. We're all interlinked because we're all part of the mystical body of Christ here on earth. We call that the church. Having then gifts differing, uh, differing according to the grace that is given to us. In other words, God gives us all different gifts, and they're all because of his grace. We don't deserve the gifts. We don't go to school to get the gifts. These are given to us by the Holy Spirit and by God's grace. Verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy, use your gift, according to the proportion of faith. Uh, our ministry, let us wait on our ministry. In other words, if God has given you the uh, ministry to minister to other people, then do it. Are he that teacheth on teaching. Whatever gift God has given you, do it with humility, realizing it's a gift that God has given you by his grace. You did not earn it, but use it. That's what Paul is saying. Are he that exhorteth. The word exhort means to encourage. If God has given you the gift of encouragement and you uh, are not using it, you're not, you're, you're not being very valuable to God. You're not being valuable to God. Use that gift of encouragement and encourage other people and say to them, boy, thank God for you. You're really a blessing to me. Uh, so he says, are he that exhorteth or encourageth uh, on exhortation? He that giveth, if God has given you the ability to give. You know, some people God blesses with a lot of money so they can give a lot of money to God's work. Amen. That's wonderful. Some people, according to the Bible, um, have been given the ability to give. And they give and they give and the more they give, the more God gives for them to give. It's a gift of grace. I, I know people like that that just they just want to give as much as they can. Let him do it with simplicity. In other words, don't do it saying, look at me, how much I'm giving, what I'm giving. But do it with simplicity. He that ruleth, if you're in a position of authority, like a pastor, yes, the pastor is to lead the flock that God has put him uh, responsible for. So he that ruleth, do it with diligence. Do it right. Stay with it. Um, do it dil diligently. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. If your gift is mercy and you want to be merciful to other people, do it with cheer. Don't do it, well, I'm going to show mercy, but I want everybody to know how much I'm really, you know, it's really a burden to me to be merciful. No, no, no. No, just do it with cheerfulness. Have a good attitude. Then he says in verse 9, let love be without dissimulation. What's he mean there? He means don't be a hypocrite. Don't act like you love somebody when you really don't love them. 
All right? Don't be uh, hypocritical in your love. Let it be pure. Let it be from the heart. Abhor that which is evil. In other words, hate that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Well, that that's only normal for a Christian. Be abnormal if you did cleave to the evil and, and, uh, and not the good. Now then he says in verse 10, again, this is talking about Christian living, how we ought to treat one another. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. It means this, that you ought to show your affection one for the other by telling them you appreciate them, you love them, maybe putting an arm around them, um, showing that brotherly love, and in honor, preferring one another. Uh, let people know, let other Christians know that you don't think you're better than they are. Uh, have an attitude of you think they're better than you are. Now, I know that flies in the face of modern psychology of, of uh, you ought to care about yourself and self-love and, and all this stuff, but God does not teach that. Within the body of Christ, we ought to, uh, uh, you know, we ought to think more of others than we do of ourselves, the Bible says. And then he says in regards to business, be not slothful in business. Don't be a lazy person. Whatever the Bible says, whatever you put your hand to, do it with all thy might. Uh, so don't be slothful or lazy in whatever business you're in, especially God's business. But be fervent in spirit. Be on fire. Have some passion for what you do. And he says, serving the Lord. When you serve the Lord, serve the Lord with all you, uh, all you got. Give him 100%. Of, uh, of, uh, uh, of service. Be passionate about it. Put your heart into it. Don't just do it because, well, it's my duty and I'm going to do it. No, duty is important, but you ought to do your duty to God with passion. You, know, you ought to have as much passion for the service of God as you have for your favorite ball team or for that, uh, that hobby that you have, or um, maybe uh, I'm speaking to a person that likes to make money. Well, put as much passion in serving God as you put in trying to make money. Whatever it is, uh, have more passion for serving God than you do for um, uh, things of this world. Then he says in verse 12, rejoicing in hope. Looking forward to that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Patient in tribulation. Just wait on God. Uh, you're going through troubles. It won't last forever. Just, just give it to God and, uh, and be patient. Continuing instant in prayer. Be ready to pray anytime. Matter of fact, you ought to pray uh, and be in an attitude of prayer. The Bible says, uh, pray without ceasing. That means you ought to be in an attitude of prayer, talking to God all through the day, asking God for his help, thanking God for what he does for you. That, that's what it's talking about. And then, as far as helping one another, distributing to the necessity of saints, giving to hospitality, help other people. If they need help, help them. If you've got it in your power to help them, the Bible says you ought to help them given to hospitality. Hospitality simply means being a spirit of helping others. Bless them that persecute you. Uh-oh, now we get into something that's a little abnormal. You mean we're to bless people that, that persecute us, that hurt us? Yeah, that's what it says. That's what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Don't curse them because they hurt your feelings. 
but pray God's blessings on them, that they will come to their senses and, and uh, you know, be loving and, and, and trust God. Then he says, rejoice with them that do rejoice. If somebody's got a raise in their salary or uh, there's been a new baby, uh, uh, you know, in the family or something, then rejoice, but also be willing to weep with them that weep. We ought to feel other people's uh, problems and be sensitive to uh, whether they're in a joyful spirit or they're in a, a, a spirit of weeping. We ought to go, whatever the situation is, we ought to let them know we're right in there with them, all right? Whether it's rejoicing or whether it's weeping. Then he says in verse 16, be of the same mind one toward another. Again, just treat everybody the same. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. What's he mean there? He means that we ought to uh, uh, never feel like we're better than anybody else. We ought to um, not feel high-minded that, you know, that we know everything and nobody else knows anything, but condescend or, or uh, bring yourself down to, uh, to humble people, to the common people. Don't feel like you're superior to anybody. And I hate to say this, but a lot of Christians do. A lot of Christians feel like that they're more spiritual than other Christians because, uh, you know, they have some spiritual gift or because, uh, you know, they've got more education or whatever the case may be. God says, no, you're all on the same level. All right? Sinners say by grace. Be not wise in your own conceits. Don't, don't think you know it all. You know people like that? Christians that think they know it all? You do what they do, and then you'll be all right. Now, nobody knows it all. Let's just, you know, realize, again, we're all sinners saved by grace. We're all uh, in this together, uh, especially within a local church. Uh, th that will keep a lot of problems within a local church if, if we all realize uh, we are to uh, esteem others better than, um, than ourselves, be unified together. Uh, that's what the Bible's teaching here. And then he says in verse 17 uh, about those that are outside the fellowship, uh, those that are unsaved. How are we to treat them? Well, he says recompense or give, don't give back to man evil for evil. Somebody did you wrong, don't do them wrong. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Just be an honest person as a, as a Christian, all right? If it be possible, and sometimes it's not, but if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. That means all men, whether they're saved or lost. You know, you'll never win the lost to Christ if you act like you're better than they are. Uh, you know, you, you need to live at peace with all men. And uh, that's our responsibility. Uh, as, give it all you got, as much as life within you. Get along with everybody. Don't say, oh, I'm a dirty sinner. I'm not going to have anything to do with him. Well, how are you going to win him to the Lord? You were a dirty sinner before you got saved, and I don't know different. the only difference in you and him or her is you have the grace of God. So we ought not to ever feel like we're better than anybody else, and people can sense it if we, if we do. They can sense if we're arrogant and we think we're self-righteous and we're better than other people. No, we'll, we'll never lead people to Christ that way. Then he says, 
again, uh, repeating what Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. Enemy. I'm talking about somebody that, that really don't that doesn't like you. Be good to him. If thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Well, what does that mean? It means you're going to make him ashamed of himself. I remember some years ago, my wife had told me she had gone into uh, a, a restaurant where some people were, some men were sitting around the table talking about Ron Reynolds and how that, you know, that Ron Reynolds down there, he he's no good and blah, blah, blah. So she marches up to him and says, uh, that's my husband you're talking about. Specifically, one guy was doing all the talking. Well, she said he just kind of hung his head and, you know, told, well, well, I grabbed, you know, well, the damage had already been done. Well, a few months after that, or weeks, I don't remember, her and I were in at a restaurant uh, eating, and uh, uh, this fellow came in and sat down at the table, and uh, uh, there was two, other, two or three other guys with him. She said, that's, that's the guy that was running you down at, the, at the, that other restaurant the other day. And uh, I said, oh, okay. And so I called the waitress over. And said to her, I said, uh, I want to pay that fellow's bill, but don't tell him I, I've done it. Uh, but, but but I want to I pay his bill. And so when we sat there, and when it came time for him to pay his bill, uh, the waitress gave him his bill, and she told him it was already paid. And so he just, you know, insisted she, she tell who it, who it was, and so she motioned over toward our table. And I want to tell you, the look on his face was priceless uh, because here's the person he had been running down and whatever that had bought his meal. Well, I'm not patting myself on the back for that. That's not the point. The point is those that talk bad about us or that persecute us show love towards them. And then they're going to have a hard time <laughs> running us down anymore. But uh, anyway, that's the, the principle that, G, that uh, Paul is saying here. And Jesus, of course, said the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. Then last of all, verse 21, he says, Be not overcome of evil. Don't let evil overcome you. Don't lose your temper and, and uh, do something evil or bad. But overcome evil or conquer evil with good. Conquer your, your bad temper with doing good things with thinking good things. Now, that, this is real Christian living. You know, uh, a lot of that goes by the name of Christian living is not Christian living, but I've just read to you in chapter 12 what how we really ought to behave. If we are true believers, we'll, we'll do our best to believe, behave this way. You say, well, I don't care what people think about me. Well, then you're not a good testimony for Christ. We ought to care what people think about us. We are epistles. We are living epistles, the Bible says, read of all men. Listen, what you are says a lot more than what you say. You've heard the saying that we believers, we Christians, are the only Bible some people read, and that's right. 
Let's all do our best to be a good testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. And it all starts with our presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice and our minds to God each day. And uh, if, if our minds are right and if our minds are right, our bodies will be right. And if our minds and bodies are right, our behavior will be right. All right. God bless you. We'll uh, pick up our study in chapter 13 in our next session. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.